Susan here with our Word of the Week. We're celebrating Black History Month here on the podcast, and today we're going to learn more about a man named Booker T. Washington. Booker was born into slavery in Virginia in 1856 to his mother, Jane, and stepfather, Washington. And at only five years old, he had to start working on the plantation. Booker was nine years old when the Civil War ended, ending slavery with it. In search of work opportunities, his family moved to West Virginia, where he worked in the salt mines alongside his brother and stepfather. So the book we're going to read today is a biographical fiction about Booker at this time in his life. As a young boy and former slave, he had a strong desire to learn to read and get an education. So let's read. The book is called More Than Anything Else, written by Marie Bradby and illustrated by Chris K. Sunpeet. More Than Anything Else. Before light, while the stars still twinkle, Papa, my brother John, and I leave our cabin and take the main road out of town headed to work. The road hugs the ridge between the Kanawha River and the mountain. We travel it by lantern. My stomach rumbles, for we had no morning meal, but it isn't really a meal I want, though I would not turn one down. More than anything else, I want to learn to read. But for now, I must work. From sunup to sundown, we pack salt in barrels at the salt works. A white mountain of salt rises above Papa's head. All day long, we shovel it, but it refuses to grow smaller. We stop only to grab a bite, sweet potatoes and corn cakes that Papa has brought along in his coat pocket. As I eat every crumb of my meal, I stare at the white mountain. Salt is heavy and rough. The shiny white crystals leave cuts on your hands and your arms and legs and the soles of your feet. My arms ache from lifting the shovel, but I do not think about the pain there. I think about the hunger still in my head, reading. I have seen some people, young and old, do it. I am nine years old, and I know if I had a chance, I could do it too. I think there is a secret in those books. In the chill of the evening, I follow Papa and John back up the road, stopping to catch a frog. The frog wiggles and slips, but I hold on tight and let it go when I want to. There is something different about this place where we live now. All people are free to go where they want and do what they can. Book learning swims freely around in my head, and I hold it long as I want. Back in town, coal miners, rivermen, Loggers and coopers gather on the corner. They are worn out as me, but full of tales. I see a man reading a newspaper aloud, and all doubt falls away. I have found hope, and it is as as brown as me. I see myself, the man, and as I watch his eyes move across the paper, it is as if I know what the black marks mean, as if I am reading as if everyone is listening to me, and I hold that thought in my hands. I will work until I am the best reader in the county. Children will crowd around me, and I will teach them to read. But 
Papa taps me on the shoulder. Come on. And John tugs at my shirt. They don't see what I can see. They don't see what I can be. We hurry home. Mama, I have to learn to read, I say. She holds my hand and feels my hunger racing fast as my heart. It is a small book, a blue the color of midnight. She gives it to me one evening in the corner of our cabin, pulling it from under the clothes that she washes and irons to make a little money. She doesn't say where she got it. She can't read it herself. But she knows this is something called the alphabet. She thinks it is a singy kind of thing, a song on paper. After work, even though my shoulders still ache and my legs are stained with salt, I study my book. I stare at the marks and try to imagine their song. I draw the marks on the dirt floor and try to figure out what sounds they make, what story their picture tells. But sometimes I feel I am trying to jump without legs and my thoughts get slippery and I can't keep up with what I want to be and how good I will feel when I learn this magic and how people will look up to me. I can't catch the tune of what I see. I get a salt shoveling pain and feel my dreams slipping away. I have got to find him, that newspaper man. I look everywhere. Finally, I find that brown face of hope. He tells me the song, the sounds the marks make. I jump up and down singing it. I shout and laugh like I, when I was baptized in the creek. I have jumped into another world and I am saved. But I have to know more. Tell me more, I say. What's your name, he asks. Booker, I say. And he takes the sound of my name and draws it on the ground. I linger over that picture and I know I can hold it forever. The end. So Booker T. Washington really did have a true hunger for learning. At 16 years old, he walked over 500 miles to a college for black students called the Hampton Institute, where he worked as a janitor to pay his way as a student. Access to good education is still not easily available for many young people in our country and around the world. We still need to work hard to fight this inequality to try to give all children an opportunity to learn and grow and succeed. Now let's sing the African-American spiritual we sang last week, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot.
And now for our silly send-off, Valentine's style. What do farmers give for Valentine's Day? Hmm. What do farmers give? Lots of hogs and kisses. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great week. And always remember, nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate you from God's love. <laughs>